0: Good morning, Star of the Ego, Feed the Soul fam. So glad you're back for another episode. Before we get started, I really want to ask all of you listeners out there, if you could take a couple seconds, pause the recording real quick, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star written review that really helps get the podcast in more eyes, in more ears, um, and just really helps podcasts grow in in every aspect possible. So um, I would really appreciate it if you could pause it, go leave us a five-star written review on Apple, subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcast and turn notifications on. So you get notified whenever we launch a new episode. Today's guest is a very renowned astrologer and psychotherapist. Deborah Silverman has been in practice for over 40 years. While there is no one-size-fits-all approach, Deborah has developed a unique psychological spiritual model combining her expertise in esoteric, soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychotherapy to help those going through major life changes, pain, and insecurity. She custom designs her therapeutic approach to each individual using astrology and psychology as a magical healing combination in order to achieve emotional health and wisdom. Now, Deborah has so kindly offered all of you listeners out there for Star of the Ego Feed the Soul a couple of freebies. I'm going to throw the links to those freebies in the description. So click on them. One is a free podcast gift, the other is a chart on progressed moons. Uh, I don't understand what that means, but I'm sure it's it's valuable. So click on it. And check it out. And I'm so excited to talk to Deborah today. Uh, I've never had my personal chart, so astrological chart, read by a professional. And uh, when her assistant hit me up with the idea, I was like, yeah, let's totally do it. I'm getting more into astrology and Terra and and combining that with my scientific background. So astrology is something I've been into for a bit now. It's always been sort of. um, kind of a red herring with me. I've been like, oh, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to an extent. It's just, you know, made up. But then I I continuously, you know, saw these um, correlations with myself and with other people when you read someone's full chart, right? And a lot of people just know their sun signs. So just the the sun that's the sign that's associated with uh, where you were born And when you were born, and it's just the one sign, sort of your overarching sign, but there's so many other planets, so many other asteroids, moons, uh, all these other things that are associated with your personality, which I find intriguing, right? And I think for me, it's like, you know, if we just have more information and again, not to live some self-fulfilling prophecy, but just more information about ourselves to get us to think about sort of our deep internal wisdom, our own trauma, how we react, how we're triggered, how we navigate relationships, how we exist in the relational space with ourselves and with others, just more information, you know, and I think it's really interesting uh, there's a bit of magic uh, that's associated with astrology as well as some scientific principles. And I think that's just quite an interesting blend of exoteric and esoteric uh, phenomena. And, you know, who better to have on than Deborah Silverman? She's a super well-known astrologer and she has a master's in science in cognitive behavioral therapy. She's been a practicing therapist for over 25 years, uh, been into astrology for a long time too. She runs her own school where she teaches therapists and coaches and other folks that are interested in depth principles and mechanics of astrology and how to use that in a therapeutic setting um, or to just be an astrologer all, all on your own, not necessarily coupled with psycho therapy. But I just really appreciate Deborah coming on. It was very insightful. You'll hear me throughout the episode a couple times being like, "Wow, that makes total sense." And and again, like you all know me, you've been listening to this podcast for a while. I'm, I'm a very analytical, pragmatic thinker, very logical thinker. Uh, and some of the stuff Deborah was saying was just spot on, honestly. And of course, we can always say like, you know, it could be a generalization. You know, we could say that for everyone. And and of course, there there are those pieces. But honestly, I think there's something to be said for astrology and how it connects with a lot of us if you remain open to it. And again, I, I never recommend using one thing as like your holy grail in life, but use all these different modalities to sort of help you understand yourself more and your soul deeper. So that way you can have more self-wisdom, give that to another share that with someone else, share that with friends and family uh, and your partner. It's just a beautiful thing to be able to give as a gift. It's also just something interesting to talk about. I've really felt like just chatting about astrology, you know, when you're at coffee or dinner, it's just interesting, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a gateway or a conversation starter to really get to know someone on a deep level because they talk about, you know, oh yeah, this thing makes sense. This doesn't, you know, this is, and you can't really talk about astrology uh, with, with another person without getting deep right? And so I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think that's one of my main draws to astrology is not necessarily to define myself in any sort of, um, you know, a way that sort of puts these parameters around myself or puts me into a box, but more so to understand some deeper parts of myself that I want to open more, that I want to sort of embellish more because, you know, it's a really good quality. Um, and I think that's the intriguing part uh, about astrology. And again, I think one of the coolest things is it's just a great conversation starter. It's a really great way to deeply connect with someone else if they're into it or if they know a little bit about it, you know, and I'm, I have very remedial knowledge. I'll say that outright, very, um, very naive when it comes to astrology. I'm not a professional at all but it's really intriguing to be able to ask Deborah some questions and then read about my own chart so you, you all listen to me have these conversations for hours and hours with so many different people and this episode is really just about like me and my chart and she goes as deep as she can in the you know 45 50 minutes we spend together um, but was super intriguing conversation and again I'm really appreciative of Deborah coming on and yeah if you're interested in working with me in a one-on-one setting head over to the website the link is in the description it's www.nicobaraza.com currently taking on new one-on-one coaching Clients and couples and athletes. So, if you're interested in working with me, go check out the website. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact us through the contact us form on the website. But without any more intro, we're going to get into the episode. Deborah Silverman. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's uh, lovely to have you. I have heard so much. Um, I'm so thankful for your assistants reaching out and then of course i did the due diligence and googled your name and all these things came up about you um, being very well renowned in the astrological world and as you spoke about before we started recording i've just recently gotten more into astrology and tarot myself um My mother was really into it, you know, back in the day when I was a lot younger and like most children, I was very rebellious, so I didn't kind of go that direction, you know, and and now I find myself very intrigued and reading more about astrology and trying to figure out how it applies to my life and, and how I can utilize it to be a better, more aware person, partner, you know, parent what have you. And so uh, I'm really thankful to have you on the show and I'm excited to just discuss and ask some questions and we're going to get into my own chart, which I've actually never had my own chart read by a professional before. I've only had it sort of micro read by friends that are into it, but not someone that actually is a professional astrologist like yourself. So I am super excited. So thank you for coming on.
1: That's my pleasure.
0: So where should we start? Like where, you know, I guess should we first start off by defining like um, on a base level before we get into my chart what astrology is really quickly so for people that aren't super savvy with it they can get a base yes understanding.
1: sure so it's the oldest science on earth and it's a Resource that allows the human architecture, like all the rooms that live inside the human brain, to be understood because there's actually a system and an articulation of the myths that go with characters and how all of us come in with, I say, a suitcase and we're all full of shit and we all have these crazy dramas and crazy stories and mothers and fathers and it's in the suitcase and then it also comes with a chart. So the chart gives you the stories are in the suitcase and the chart gives you the essence of what will the soul have to deal with this life? And then once you have that information, it liberates you from one feeling self-conscious or two being confused or three feeling like you don't understand. It gives consciousness to the whole system. So i have being similar to you. I'm an eighth house son. Um, I've always been the character that goes underneath things. Like I can't get satisfied with superficial. Mm -hmm. And so being in graduate school and studying psychology and I just kept saying, this is definitely describing the furniture, but I'd like to take the furniture out of the house and go under the system and say, why do we even have this house? Like, I have a few questions, like, what's the reason for this incarnation? And so my spiritual depth, which you have more than I have, um, limited my capacity to be satisfied as a therapist with just the surface circumstance. And I wanted to answer those big, giant questions that still haven't really fully been answered, but questions like, why am I here? What was my purpose? What was the agreement? What's the contract I made? Who are the players? And so astrology has given me this crazy lens to take care of my depth, to be perfectly honest. Like I can't do superficial.
0: Mm. I, I totally agree with you on that. And it's funny your comment on like, I have more of that than you, which is which is ironic because I've always felt, even at a young age, that like I'm consistently overanalyzing every situation to the point of like looking for, you know, what is the meaning of this? You know, like, what, why am I behaving this way? Like, where are these, where are these things inside of me originating from? Where they you know, and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to talk to you about my chart today because I can already tell you're such an intuitive person and no doubt you, you've had this gift forever, but it's probably developed even more as you've practiced and met so many other people and had these other experiences. And I really, something stuck out to me that you just said is like in this life, time, you know, what, where your soul is going in this lifetime. And I love how you say that because, you know, it's interesting because as a scientist, I'm, I'm my background as an environmental engineer, but I'm in graduate school again as a psychotherapist now, and wanting to apply that with like metaphysics and psychedelics and uh, you know astrology, tarot card readings that kind of thing, because as you brought up, it's it's like we have all these different modalities of understanding our existence and how we're navigating this lifetime, and if we're only tapped into like this physical scientific sense and we're not looking at the spiritual side of how they have a human exist, you know, within the spiritual realm, I think that's like a disservice to our existence. You know, it's like being open. To that right and i and i it's just it's interesting because i went to school and it was taught all these like you know like scientific understandings and these scientific you know thought processes and modalities and i found i found myself being very analytical and now i've kind of surfaced back to be like more open to my own spirituality and being more open to understanding astrology and terra and all these other things because i'm really like i hit a i hit a ceiling you know, I hit a ceiling. And I was like, there has to be more to this than what science is explaining. Not not to undermine I think,
1: psychi- you know, psychedelics, I just finished doing an interview with someone. And she was microdosing. I love that she told everyone. But there's something to be said about the 1960s and psychedelics being introduced into the consciousness of the collective. Certainly mm-hmm. during a time in 62 and 63, there was five planets in Aquarius. There were six at one point. So there was an Aquarian age that arrived in the 60s. Wow. And it altered our limited thought process that came when I grew up, because I'm way older than you, twice your age, um, that started so much earlier where we were all trying to be normal. Mm. Like I grew up and they said, you eat Twinkies. We were like, okay, we're going to eat Twinkies. Now you're going to go to McDonald's. Okay, we're going to go to McDonald's. And you're going to go get a college degree. And when you're done, you're going to have these many kids, like, okay. And then all of a sudden the Aquarian age came and went, uh-uh, like, mm-hmm. no, and you are a product of your mom's openness It just for, for her was probably like, she was having the best time because she got to do metaphysics and you were like, really, that? Yeah, <laughs> right. My sons had the same thing. They've now returned. But, um, and then suddenly you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, the alteration of the agreement that consensus reality pl- pl- placed on us saying normal was the setting on a dryer, no, normal was the way to live, has been totally let go of. So now, we're not using the dryer anymore, are we? Mm. That's funny.
0: Very I always wonder analogy. the
1: the only setting is normal is when you're because there's no such thing. Right. So you are a prime example. Mm. Your chart is so intuitive. Like you got a feeling about me immediately. Mm. You don't have to have a chart. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have tarot cards. You're, it just comes across into your body and then of course your logical self goes this is inappropriate. You can't <laughs> know something without knowing something.
0: I've had to talk to that self a lot over the past couple of years. So, and, and, and trusting my intuition and my knowing is something that I've, I've grown into. You know, I'm still, I'm still uh, growing into, I'd say, too.
1: The confidence for you to be able to trust that feeling immediately, because you have that gift mm-hmm. in no uncertain terms. You are an x-ray machine and a lie detector test. So if someone's full of shit, your body starts to go, ooh, ooh, I don't want to sit next to them. Ooh, like you get a repulsion. Mm. about people that don't aren't congruent it will affect your body have you noticed
0: mm-hmm. most definitely
1: so if you're on an airplane with someone who's just completely in pain you're going to be like oh god oh god oh god so it's the behooves you to learn protection yep. and how to distinguish your center field of your center cycle and center energy and not let someone be contagious and so but i'm good to be contagious by because i have a lot of uh, life force that will tickle you
0: mm. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I gravitate towards people that are open and vulnerable you know and i can really see their soul you know and i don't have to dig for that they're they're willing and open you know because they've they've seen their trauma they've seen their past and they can be like this is who i am you know here it is well
1: that's who you are you are a great therapist by the way Without a single question, Nico, this chart is a therapist who had to go the long route because he wouldn't let himself be anything but normal to start with. Your chart drove it to this, you know, you've got three planets in Capricorn. So you were like, I'm going to be practical. I'm going to be grounded. Watch me. And then after time, it wore off because you were like, this isn't real. Yeah. That was just an attempt to be fit- fitting into your constructs. So liberating, because you have no air in your chart. Did you know that?
0: I didn't know that. That's very interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: How are you about windows being open and having fresh air? And is that something that is claustrophobia or any of that ever bug you?
0: You know, I I do you like, like wind- small spaces. No, I I like windows being open. Um, I don't really like small spaces per se. I will say though, I thought my North Node was in, um, Aquarius. It's
1: not a planet. You're right. You're right. But it's not a planet. There we go. So She's, you have yeah. And experts calling me out. She got you. Yes. And I have a book called The Missing Element. Do you know about the book that I've written?
0: I I do know about it. I have not read it. So can you tell me?
1: Well, your missing element is air. It's based Mm. on the chart. Now, here's how it goes. Either God said, don't give him any more air because he's had 45 lifetimes of studying and learning and thinking and using the mind. And this lifetime, we're going to give him water to drink, 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 to master his emotional body. Or... You don't have air because you're not good at communicating, but I think it's the first. I think you're really good at communicating, and God said, "Don't give him any more of that."
0: It's so interesting because the woman I was in a relationship with uh, that ended in 2020, she was an air sign, at least her sun sign. I don't know the rest of her chart, so it, it's super interesting that that's um, how it goes. It's right. classical,
1: the missing element we draw to us as a partner.
0: Mm, wow. Hmm.
1: So, it, what is so? If I were you, I'd ask the question: What does it mean to be missing air? The social ability skills. Air is a is the element that can listen to anyone and talk to the walls and superficial conversations and chit chatting and feeling really comfortable at the party. And I don't think that's you.
0: Yep, not. Yeah, I could certainly act for a while, but I think you know I'm the person that if I go into a party, you know, with a larger group of people, I will stay on the outside and have small conversations with two or three you know, intimate conversations. Exactly. And maybe make my right. way around or people will come up to me. But you'll never see me in the middle of a whole group. And it's funny because I've been a musician my whole life. So I've been on stage, a performer in front of people. But that's something you turn on and then you turn off. You know, it's exactly. not. Exactly.
1: It's a function. Mm. It's, a, it's a structure. So air people, when you're missing air, that social skill set of being socially comfortable is not your strong suit. However it is your gift to find words missing air you have to really work at finding them, which is why you're doing this podcast how long have you been doing this podcast
0: so i started this in march of 2020 and i've always you know people have always been so i was a pro athlete for a long time and people have always like liked my writing online and a lot of folks were like hey we'd really love for you to start a podcast because you have these conversations with all these really interesting people you've met throughout life and uh, i just happened to have time during covid and here we are I'm talking to people like you. Which so is that's
1: a- air. Yeah. So you found interesting people like, and you're willing to talk mm-hmm. so long as there's meaning and there's depth and you feel fascinated, yeah. but superficial, he's going to leave the room.
0: hundred percent. If it's about the weather, you lost me. I'm out, you know, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm here for all the depth, uh, you know, possible
1: you have no limit you could go swim at the deepest waters and come back up and feel the person in a way that they had never been felt before and you didn't even know their culture their religion their like you can merge with people and track the universal quality of the human cuz you've got so much water in your chart and think about water it goes into every crack and crevice mm-hmm. it melts with everything it merges it has no limits whereas air flies away you know air people don't want to get involved mm-hmm. water's like i got you i'll sit here I'll wait till we dry together. Airs like bye bye now. Yeah. <laughs> so your gift is dur- endurance and depth and holding space and being fearless to hold space for the dark. In fact, mm. I would suspect you're you're fascinated by the dark.
0: I am. Yeah, I am fascinated by, by the dark. Uh, definitely, I'm fascinated by death. I'm fascinated by mortality. Um, very much interested, and I think that I find a, I find a beauty in that because if this show went on forever. <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't mean as much, you know, if if, if our love with someone lasted forever, it wouldn't mean as much, you know. So death kind of keeps the honesty and like the beauty of life in my mind.
1: Yes. And that is your chart. The eighth house is the house of death. You have four planets in the eighth house. It's the fascination with transitory realities that come and go. And what lasts forever is the soul contract. So you're a deep one that wants to go into people's eyes and into their souls and stare and then find out what and then say, I'm done. Unless they have something to actually substantially validate their authenticity, you're like a, you're like a lie detector test.
0: Hmm. You'd
1: be a great detective, like you would sit in a party no one know you were staring, you'd get exactly what was going on, you'd leave the room and go, "Don't trust him."
0: I do that all the time <laughs> That's, uh, you know, it's funny because if, you, if you're if you into Myers-Briggs personality types, I'm an INFJ, which um, the J is for judgment. But it, it's it's judgment in the way that I'm always sort of like listening. I'm like picking up to all these little things people are saying, you know, their body language, how their eyes are moving, you know, what their exactly. face is doing. And that's just it, it's something I can't turn off. It's just, um, you No,
1: know. no, you're an x-ray machine. This is your function. You yeah. are a lie detector test. You have the gift of helping people not lie. Mm. Like so what calling somebody like? out.
0: So what does well, that look like, like with people that don't want to hear it?
1: Like in a really in really good therapy, and I spent 40 some years being a psychotherapist. I now run a school where I teach people how to do what I do. I no longer do it, very right. rarely. A really good therapist will say to somebody, You're full of shit. What you just said was not even true. They're like, What? Yeah. And there's like this is the thing you could do. If right. you cause you've got moon and sag and Venus and Sag, you're blunt, but you can only tell truth to the degree you've established love. So if you love someone, you are equal doses of truth. If you give them the truth without love, they're going to smack you. If you give them love without truth, it's saccharine. It's fake. So you're like, you got to first be still with someone. Your best thing is holding hands with someone, meditating with them, taking them into you, And then letting them speak. And then you're going to go bullshit. You'll know exactly when they're incongruent. That would be a really good style as a psychotherapist for you Mm -hmm. to let someone speak and really listen because you're such a deep listener as we're seeing right now. And then as soon as something's incongruent, go, uh, can you say that again for you to interrupt someone Mm -hmm. and force them to tell you what they really meant will make you very, very profound. Does that make sense?
0: It makes total sense. I mean, honestly, this is something I know. And it's validating for you to say that because you've met me 10 minutes ago you know. And so that's even more more sort of proof to like whatever is going on right now, you know, with, with what you've developed with astrology and the stars is a relationship to be taken seriously, you know, really, because um, You think? Yeah, After
1: well, 44 years, I'm going to I'll second that.
0: Right, I'm saying this is like a very scientific pragmatist, you know, it's like if you would ask me 5 years ago I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy," you know, and people utilize it to make excuses for their behaviors. And I think that you c- it's the tool in which you can decide how you use it. You know, I know I've met some Scorpios in my day that have been like, oh yeah, I'm a Scorpio. That's why I just am really vindictive. And, you know, I have all these like, you know, blow ups and like, I can't, I can't be in a relationship. And I'm like, or you could like change that, you know, of course,
1: well, your gift as Pisces rising is you can shape shift. I think the hardest part about being you is you get stepped over. And then when you get pissed. You're so blunt. It's like everything, you get so nice and you're so nice and you're dancing with the person and you're so, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, look what I did for you. (laughs) And then you'd forgot to say at the front end of it, I can get taken advantage of and give too much. Please help me not overgive. That would be a really helpful thing for you in relationship.
0: Okay. Let's talk about that. Cause that, um, it's so you're blowing my mind right now, Deborah, because I've done that in all my relationships is overgive, right? And I find I find it hard, even as a, even as a coach, to advise someone on on where is the limit, you know, because I believe there's no such thing as overgiving if you're being met, right? But overgiving without being met is overgiving, right? And it's also hard to uh, give with the intention of reciprocation because that's not truly, you know, giving like in love, right? So how do how do I balance that? You know, how do I give and be myself? Do I find a partner that can just match that? Like how do I do that?
1: Well, first thing you got to do is be honest about it and say to your whoever, even your friends. You guys, I tend to overgive, and I love to do it. He's drinking water, it's so symbolic. I love to give. I am water is the eternal giver. Think about it. We cannot live without water. It it nourishes and feeds every function from our kidneys to our livers to the moving of the planet. I mean, the water is this planet should be called water, not oak, mm-hmm. not Earth. It's mm-hmm. blue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there are boundaries that are required to hold the water or it loses itself and becomes dirty and stagnant and takes on all that it's been around. So the question for you you're really asking is what am I entitled to as far as boundaries? And I would just start every relationship if I were you would just say, help me. You don't ever ask for help. This would be a powerful thing for you to say. Help me not overgive. Can you ask me questions the way I ask you? Can you listen to me? Like, help them, teach them because no one's, you're not going to meet an equal. Your gift, you have so much water in your chart. I don't know if you knew that. You have four planets in Scorpio, plus the rising is, or three planets in Scorpio, plus the rising is Pisces, and you've got Jupiter and Cancer. What a great parent! You must be the best dad.
0: I'm not yet, but I, you know, that's in the plans. So. Oh
1: no, you're eligible. Okay, announcement. Yes. In case anyone didn't notice. Oh my God, that's going to change your life because you know why? You give to a kid, mm-hmm. and they give back even more.
0: Right, right.
1: The love of a child beyond the beyond. So that would be a really good door for you. I could see. What would you? Would you ever res? res- what would be the reason why you wouldn't have a kid?
0: it's so it's interesting you say that. i just had this conversation this morning um for most of my 20s i was like adamantly against having a kid i was like i just want to be you know 50 and 60 and travel with my partner and live in france and italy do all these things and then i met this past woman that i was in a relationship with for three and a half years right deepest love i've ever experienced Um, thought i was gonna spend the rest of my life with her and she was the first human being that i was like i could see myself being a parent and this switch just flipped in me and now like it's almost like i need or i want to have a kid or kids you know i have to meet that partner because i don't think i'm going to bring a kid into this world without a stable relationship you know Um, because i definitely grew up with a single mom had my own you know set of trauma growing up and i'd like to provide a very stable and as stable as possible you know not perfection but stable for my for my children but yeah no i'm so i'm so open to it like it's but if you would ask me that five years ago it would have been like a stark nope not for me so you know interesting how that changes see,
1: see how you keep growing you've got Saturn and Capricorn you're gonna just you're a late bloomer your chart is a late bloomer you are you were so physical and so um attached to success that you got a little distracted and mm. now your inner world is called your name and and we're doing a reading on side of your podcast is that okay
0: oh yeah oh yeah totally okay I I the other question. So you brought up this this interesting thing is that you said I'll never meet an equal, and it's interesting you say that. I would love for you to elaborate on that because well, I that's think-
1: just the, it's what everyone and their cousin wants to meet an equal. I'm right. not suggesting you would. That's a bad sentence. Back it up. I'm okay. going to rewrite that sentence because that's too strong. It's not that you'll never meet an equal. Your gift of depth is immeasurable. And so to imagine someone else to come to me with a chart like this, you wouldn't want the same. You you are going to acknowledge that your capacity to track people, to psychically watch them, that's why you'd be a great dad, to be able to feel somebody where they can't feel themselves, where they've gone numb. You go and let the blow dryer. Whoo- You melt people and then their shadow comes up. And then you're like, what did I do? I created all this sensitivity and I'm listening to them. And now all they want to do is tell me everything that's wrong. How did I become? So you've got to be very careful to find a healthy human as distinct from an equal. Hmm. And what I mean by healthy is they've done their work. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be their therapist. The, The biggest challenge you're going to have is everybody wants to tell you everything. Yeah. Big ears. I call people like you big ears.
0: I think one of the issues i ran into, and this is common, I think, in relationships, is that I felt like I was the parent for most of my relationships, and I've always wanted a partner. My point. You know. um, That's what I mean by a
1: healthy, uh, somebody who is wise enough who's done her work. Mm. So by the time you meet her, you won't have to process the poop out of her.
0: Hmm. That would be nice.
1: Well, it's a prayer. You know, Mm. when you pray, when you you, um, ask for what you want, and you hold on, and you're young. How old are you? i'm 32. thirty two yeah you got you're a late bloomer, I'm just telling you that you mm-hmm. you excelled at a young age. What did you do at a young age? Was it physical prowess? was there something you did that made you
0: yeah, so I was pretty much an athlete my entire young life. I was like recruited to play baseball at a very young age. One of the most highly recruited kids in the state that I was in um you know was hundred percent just an athlete an athlete an athlete um and that was my identity and probably up until I was eighteen, maybe you know, and then I started getting exactly. into music and science so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you know my good friend and client is Aaron Rodgers? And he is the most valuable player last year. He Mm -hmm. also has a whole bunch of planets in um, Scorpio and Sag, just like this chart. It's a classical athlete's chart. And it's the ability then to take your attention off all that ego and attention to the inner, which brought you to psychology. And that's one of his fascinations and clearly one of yours. Mm -hmm. Late bloomer. Don't be in a rush. There's nothing to rush into. Are you patient? Can you find patience?
0: Great question. Um, I am working on that. I do not think I've traditionally been a very patient person, even in my relationships, been pretty impatient, honestly. Um, That's honest. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that is something I'm working on a lot because I think that that was quite destructive in my last relationship is like my inability to accept where someone's at and I wanted to, to constantly urge them to grow and move at a rate they're not ready for you know
1: it's none of your business that's why if you get a partner who's healthy you're not doing that all the time they came yes. in and they're either you're equal it's not impossible or they're right. on the same street as you so that's right. my prayer for you may you find someone who is equal in her consciousness so that you can find a purpose for each other beyond healing each other
0: wow very profound beautiful statement right there that is that is incredible so when you look at my chart like are you are you able to you know do you look at it and you can see stuff about relationships and work and inner life and all that that's what you get from just this this thing basically like i i'm so new to astrology i'm just so curious at what a professional is when you look at it and you're just like boom it gives me all of these all this information about this person because what you're telling me to everyone listening like deborah's spot on like there is no bullshit in anything she's just said you know this is i've experienced this throughout my entire life basically um you know and i'm curious if we stay on personal relationships like romantic relationships um you know, you probably believe like these things have happened for a reason. I've met these people to teach me lessons, you know, the universe sends folks into our world to hopefully, you know, put us on the track we need to be on. But I think for a long time, I've, I've sort of was ignoring my calling. I was ignoring like this inner voice of like, I need to be helping people heal. You know, I was still like stuck on to being an athlete or, you know, um, being something. Right. And I think that really was a disservice even to my relationships because I was like, I wasn't content with myself, you know, I wasn't content with like who I was. I didn't have any self-love, so how could I really be present in a relationship, you know?
1: A hundred percent, that's the law of astrology. So what astrology does is it gives you this like telescope view into your soul and you fall in love. Like, oh, I've got three planets in Scorpio in the eighth house. No wonder I stare at people. No wonder I'm the detective in the room. No wonder I feel, and then all of a sudden, it's just like magic. People finish my school and they're like, I have never, I mean, husbands write me and say, my wife was so depressed. She took a six week class and she's come back to our family because she felt she, oh, I'm in love with me. And that is the single ingredient to everything. <laughs> mm. So funny.
0: Wow. So interesting. I Okay. So one of the questions I ask when I'm, you know, dating now is like, what are your three major signs? You know, I'm just, I'm curious. Right. And you, since you're a professional, like, what should I be looking for? You know, if, if anything, like, are there certain like signs I'm more compatible with certain people's charts that I'm more compatible with? You know, do I want someone that has more water, more air, more fire, more earth, you know, cause I'm such a novice. I'm, I'm curious.
1: Well, first of all, in astrology, the same gets along. So water people, Scorpio, Pisces cancers for you, super compatible, especially Pisces. It will soothe you to have someone else match you to, to your point, the equal part, where, oh, my God, they want to give to me. This is crazy. They're listening to me. I feel so welcomed. And the other is you definitely would value earth. Like, mm-hmm. who's the grounded person that's holding their own? So I'm not, because otherwise you'll be the caretaker. Right. And then if they have lots of air and they have the gift of talking, it's going to help Bring you out of you. Because if you're left to your own, you don't talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. Unlike this podcast. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And and are we just talking, we're not just talking sun signs, right? We're talking like earth and water.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's what the book is about. If you start with just the book, The Missing Element, and you figure out your elemental four characters, super easy, basic, water sensitivity, air is the airheads, earth are the money people, Mm -hmm. fire is the chi machine, you figure out which one's strongest in you, and you find a partner who matches you. Its its compatibility is the same. When someone's, I'm super physical. I can't be with someone who's watching television. I'm going to go kill them. Right. Fire, I've got so much chi. But if they're interesting and they've got air and they get me going, I'm all in. Because fire and air get along. But if I'm with someone who's highly emotional and they only want to sit around in a meditative state with that soft music on, I'm going to be like, turn on the mute, like, So we have conflicts because we try to change ourselves for the other. But once you figure out who you are, you get to go, this is me. This is the gift of being Mm -hmm. an elder. I can't change this part of me. If you ask me, Deborah, can you put aside your bike riding? I'd be like, "Uh, no. Now, I used to say, what do you want to do? And that's got to go. Because once you start staying true to yourself, the, the possibility of, like, think of your best friends. They're like you. Mm. they really match you. You feel so Mm -hmm. understood by them. Mm -hmm. They're interested in psychology. They're interested in spirituality. They're interested in your podcast. Now, but if someone said to you, so it's big, big single number one factor is the same gets along best. Fire loves air. Earth loves water. That's a simple way to go because you add water to the earth. You add air to the fire. They get along. Mm -hmm. And then learning astrology is going to help you figure out, like you have Venus and Sag. You need an adventurer. Someone's got to go play with Nico. He doesn't want to sit around.
0: Mm-mm. Very true. Let's get Very outside. True. You
1: want to jump off. You want to travel. You've got Venus and the moon and Sag. You're going to philosophically want to seek with someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Most definitely. How do the, I mean, this is getting into the, the minutia of astrology, but how do like the asteroids and the moons and the nodes play into Yeah,
1: I don't. I just I make it really simple. The school that I teach is just the ten planets. Okay. Make it. There's a lot there. It's the oldest science on Earth. The asteroids came later. The the Chiron came in the 60s. Okay. I'm an old fashioned old astrologer in every way, shape, and form. And I so value that they go do the asteroids and they go do Vedic and they go learn about Chiron. I go do it. What I like to do is work with the really simple old thing. The you know, what lasted across time.
0: Got it. Yeah, you brought up Vedic. That's something I recently read about how, um, you know, 2000 years ago, the stars were in a different position. And so Vedic is, is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but on where the stars are positioned now, right? Versus Western or conventional. So how does that, how does that different? Right? Like how, you know,
1: first of all, it's all an illusion. Let's start there. Don't get stuck. You love to have black and white. You got a lot of camera porn. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) and your soul is like, let it go. So, um, Yes, in the Vedic system, we're 23 degrees off the equinoxes. And yes, we're not really in the sign they say. And these systems have worked forever. And I just say to people, but you know, check in with your illusion. Make sure you've got a good, solid one and stand on it and don't keep shifting. Because you, at your worst, if you weren't careful, you're so open minded, you could take in too much information. Oh, yeah. At your best, you're single eyed and you go deep and you stick with something. That's the right answer.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's one of my, I think my challenges in life has been, um, trying to do everything, you know, being like this, um, a generalist instead of a specialist. Yes, exactly. Interested in everything. Yeah. Hands in every, every pot. And it's just, and then I just overwhelm myself and I don't accomplish anything because I'm trying to do everything. Right. Exactly. That's what you're speaking to. I imagine.
1: I'm speaking to focus. I'm speaking to the permission to stay on task because you have a propensity to be so open-minded. At your worst, you're scattered, Mm -hmm. and at your best, you're uber-focused and go deep and solid. And that is the challenge of your Saturn and Capricorn. Stay the course, excel.
0: Interesting. Let's talk about uh, so with my chart. I I find it really interesting. Like you know, I'm a hypercritical person, right? And and that like being hypercritical has you know, been an issue inside myself because I'm super self-critical, right? Uh, to to a bad point sometimes and critical of my most intimate relationships too, which can hurt another person. So uh, could you perhaps tell me something maybe about my chart that like, you know, speaks to that because I, I'm curious. Your
1: soul, it, yes. What I would do if I were you regularly is mm. meditate, close my eyes and get out of my head. Mm. Your soul is Pisces. So it's compassion, for everyone, and tears for everyone, and not getting caught in the detail. Because you this is what I was just talking about. You, go, you have this beautiful um, generalist who's fascinated, and that is the source of compassion. When you're going to apply your practice as a therapist or a musician, it requires full focus, and that part you're excellent at. So there's two parts to you. And this is very Pisces, your rising sign. They, they are... Pisces is the most confused sign in the Zodiac because they are so universal. And mm-hmm. if you're at your highest level, you just stop criticizing. you come out of your head, you drop into your heart, and you go to compassion and you say, "Who am I to judge? Yeah. How dare I think that I know what this person?" And as soon as you find that place consistently come, after all your noise, come back to, "Help me become universally loved and loving. So I can get out of my head. You, you have a prop, you, I mean, the gift of your chart is extremes. Mm. You're in your head, you're intellectual, you're Mr. Detail, and then you're general, and then you're floating, and then you forgot where you were going, and then you're completely like, I'm in this la la land. And then you're back to focus, focus, focus. And those two become friends when you're at the helm as the aware ego to say, Oh, now that she mentions it, I do have this harmonizer, pleaser so willing to get along with everyone. And then I'm like a crazy man. Like, this is what I said. And this is what I expect of you. Wow. You so have like two, you've got like two very different characters. So you become friends with them. And then you stand in the middle of the chart. I call it the 13th sign. Come off all 12 of them to the 13th and just stand there and go, what's my greatest value right now? What can I contribute in this situation? Is it my compassion or is it my high expectations? What do I need in this moment?
0: Hmm. So with astrology, I find like people either know their sun sign only, right? That was me for the longest time. Or they know their sun, moon, and rising sign. Or someone knows everything, right? And um, if you could speak to this a little bit, like if we were to just know the sun, moon, and rising, like is that enough to get a pretty good gist of someone? Or do you need to know where Saturn, where Neptune, where all these other planets are? No,
1: you can get a really good gist with the sun, moon, and rising. You can definitely discern their outward personality, Mm, okay. The sun sign is your ego. Ready? The moon is your emotional body. And the rising sign or the ascendant is your higher self. It's what you're rising. Why do they think they call it the rising sign? It's what you're, and they never tell you this. It's esoteric. So the ego is the predominant. You're Mr. Scorpio. But your soul, which is beautiful, is compassion and universal and doesn't care about all that hard stuff. And then your ego steps by and goes, wait a minute. But lucky you, they're both water. Mm-hmm. So it's very compatible inside of you. You're a very um, kind human. And it's probably one of your worst traits and best traits is you're always feeling everyone else.
0: That has been the case since I can remember, honestly, walk in a, remo- a, a, a room, excuse me, and I can literally feel, you know, pretty much everyone's feelings, um, even if they're not feeling. Them. I
1: always hear that. I know the water people. I have uh, that's my assistant, Britt. I don't have that. They, she can look over and go, that guy's super sad. I'm like, oh, oh. And then once she says it, I'm like, I'm with you. Yeah. But you guys, it gets a wave, goes through you, and your Geiger counter goes off, and then the little screen comes up, and woof, 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 like you're reading everybody. Mm-hmm. That must be a full-time job.
0: It certainly feels like it. <laughs> it's honestly, it certainly feels like a full-time job. And I think there's something to be said for um, learning the practice of uh, balancing it out, you know, being able to sort of separate, feeling everyone's Step emotional.
1: away, get into the 13th sign. All my life's work is teaching the observer. Notice what you're doing, turn on the observer and go, Wow, yeah. I'm doing that thing again. And without the observer on, this is my book. Without your observer, forget about astrology. Observer is the neutral 13th sign that steps away from the chart and says, Am I awake? I, mean, I would ask you that. I ask myself that every day. Am I awake right now, or am I just on automatic? And then, mm-hmm. as soon as I wake up, my observer's back, and I'm like, oh, "I'm neutral. I'm in Switzerland. Everything's just tight, ty- so calm here." Until I enter into my ego structure or my, you know, noisy chart. And everyone's got a noisy chart, and you have about ten minutes—five, ten minutes left because I just scheduled you in, and we just had a glitchy beginning. Because who knows how to use? Where are we? Riverside. Mm-hmm. How do I get to Riverside? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's, it's a program that a lot of podcasters are using now, um, because it records raw. So it's, it's an awesome program, but
1: raw. Listen, can I just tell you something before we go any further?
0: Sure.
1: The name of your podcast, Mm -hmm. star of the ego, feed the soul. I'm going to tell you the craziest thing in esoteric law, Scorpio brought to you by Alice Bailey, who wrote 19 books in the 1920s and thirties. When she described Scorpio, she said these words. Scorpio is the only sign that will destroy its ego in the quest of its soul. Wow. It's exactly the title of your...
0: What book is that?
1: <laughs> Esoteric Astrology by Alice Bailey.
0: Okay. I'm picking that up.
1: You will just... Des- the Scorpio is the only sign in the Zodiac. This is why she has such high regard for Scorpio. That will destroy the ego in the quest of the soul.
0: Yeah, I've noticed. You know, being a Scorpio myself is that it's a it's a powerful sign in the sense that it can inflict a lot of pain very quickly when acting out of its shadow. You know, um, I, so I,
1: true.
0: Yeah, I don't think you'll see anything burn down quicker than a Scorpio being resentful or vindictive, you know, and and it and I think that it's something that I've I've seen within myself, especially in, in intimate relationships where I feel slighted or, or you know um, something's wrong in that, and I've and I've had to understand that piece of my shadow and really try to make peace with it and and not let it control me, you know, and again provide compassion not only outwardly but inwardly to myself and see like where that inner child is sitting, you know, um, and so I appreciate you saying that this because is- it's. It's been a, it's been a a
1: great, a great, a great punchline to um, complete this podcast. Here's what I want to say. Everyone in their life has a perpetrator, has a heartbreak, has somebody that really hurt them. Mm. And the quest to be able to give them permission to be that dark shadow self while you pull back and do your healing to process, to synthesize, to do the therapy and to find forgiveness will change this planet. Because they're everywhere. The shadow is here to stalk us into consciousness. And once the shadow is mean enough and harsh enough and the soul is so pissed off, it will then starve the ego, feed the soul, and the healing will begin.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful way to end it. So before I let you go, where can people go to get in touch with you, to work with you? And I want to ask you one quick question is why would someone go to a professional astrologist versus going to like cafe astrology and plugging in you know, their stuff and getting like a logarithm to put it out?
1: That's such a great question. On my site under work with me, I have 15 certified astrologers that I have personally trained. I no longer do readings. Okay. I am running a company with 50 women and we're all celebrating authentic professional embodied astrology. We're not full of shit. That is why you love us. So you just go to that. And I, you know what I do? I do matchmaking. I sing mm-hmm. the song. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine." And I take your chart and I look at all my certified astrologers and I, fi- I fix you up because I know exactly who loves Scorpios and who can follow you to your point. Who will match me? So I don't have to go, you can't do it superficial. You want someone to feel you. Mm -hmm. But personally, for me, I want someone who can speak quick enough to give me enough information that's practical. So yes, I have certified astrologers. Deborah Silverman Astrology is my website. My Instagram, Deborah Silverman Astrology. My YouTube, Deborah Silverman Astrology. Wherever you go, just Deborah. It's D-E-B-R-A. And you will find me. And I teach a school. You would love it. For therapists, where you, because this is the trick. Get ready. Carl Jung. The psychiatrist of the 1930s said, "Psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology."
0: I love Carl Jung. That's what
1: got me. That's what got me in. I realized yep. he was a, he was an astrologer. Every um, session yeah. he did was with astrology. You can't astrology is the door for psychology to understand how you can tell someone on their terms. You be you. Don't be me on my terms.
0: And I think psychology explains a lot of. The mental capacity but like the astrology allows you to get into someone's soul into their deep emotional state which i think that a lot of times science can't reach because it can't explain
1: of course wonderful got it. that's a truth
0: deborah thank you so much for coming on the show uh it's lovely to spend time with you you're such a shimmering ray of light even through the computer screen i hope i get to meet you in person someday thank you so much uh-
1: Yes, you're so welcome. That was my pleasure. And I'm welcoming all of you to come and study and be part of our community where we really do have people like you who finally feel like they're normal because they're being seen for who they really are. What a gift.
0: Wonderful. I'll throw all the links to everything you just spoke about in the description. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. I really want to ask all of you listeners out there, if you could take a couple seconds, pause the recording real quick, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star written review that really helps get the podcast in more eyes and more ears um, and just really helps podcasts grow in, in every aspect possible. So um, I would really appreciate it if you could pause it, go leave us a five-star written review on Apple, subscribe on Apple and Spotify Podcasts and turn notifications on so you get notified whenever we launch a new episode.